American football in Finland. The voice in your ears, Perfect Purvis, and welcome to another episode of American Football in Finland. I'm here with my co-host, Q Floyd. What's going on, people? And we have another great show lined up for you today. We're talking about the 2019, I got confused on the year, Maple League playoffs. <laughs> this weekend, four teams are going to be competing for a chance to play in the 40th Vatara Malia. Is that how you say it? Vatara Vatara? Let's say Maple Bowl. Maple Bowl. <laughs> I was trying to get a little finish on y'all. Y'all know I'm not good at it. Okay. So, Uva. <laughs> keep those. Uh, you got the Helsinki Roosters, Quobio Steelers, Helsinki Wolverines, and Sydney Crocodiles. Each have played well enough to get into the postseason. And this show, obviously, it'll be a little bit longer than normal, but we're going to split it up into two segments for each game. So, we'll also have a couple player interviews come in here. But today, we're going to talk about the first matchup between number two and number three, Quopio Steelers versus Helsinki Wolverines. I mean, I know it's a playoff show, but we're going to do it anyways. Q, how was the weekend, man? Hey, the weekend was great. Uh, college football has proceeded. Yes. Auburn Tigers, Auburn Tigers came through with the big clutch win against oh. Oregon. I was mad. So I'm, I'm I was feeling mad. great right now. I'm feeling great right now. I <laughs> do not care for the SEC. I'll put it out there. Do not care. Oh, man. I watch the college football, too. Um, shout out to anybody who's in Europe that's, that's listening to this podcast because y'all know I put on the Facebook that I was trying to find an app and stuff, and somebody somebody put me on to ESPN Player. Crazy enough, two years ago, I couldn't get ESPN Player in Europe. Like, the, mm. app, the app wouldn't – it was region locked. So I was like, man, I don't want yeah. to do that VPN crap. But I just signed up, and I'm good to go. We've been watching football all weekend because they got replays and everything. So okay. I saw I saw the Oregon game. I saw um, Houston played uh, Oklahoma. Um, mm-hmm. I could have saw a Texas game, but I didn't want to. But I've been watching PTI around the horn, I, uh, all that good stuff. Feeling like I'm damn near in the states. So appreciate <laughs> that. That's how my weekend was too. Pretty much just watching football. Uh, shout out to. Helsinki Wolverines women's team because they just won the third Maple Bowl in a row women's league and they beat the crap out of that uh, Russian team. So it was, it was good to see that. So football was it was a good weekend for football. Next weekend, Definitely. next Definitely. weekend, what we got? Who the Steelers got first? Uh, I'm sorry, AFC team. <laughs> I, I can't remember who the Rams got either, but I know they get they, whoever we playing getting a big old L. I think we got the Patriots. I think we got the Patriots the first game of the season. Though. I think I got the Panthers. I think somebody from the Panthers was talking mess to me, but either way, they're getting an the L. Taking the L. Yeah. Early. <laughs> All right, let, let's get into the, this Maple uh, playoff picture real quick. All right, first, we're going to uh, talk about the teams. We'll talk about the Quopio Steelers, number two seeded team. And before we get into the team analysis, We'll hear our, our interview that we did with the quarterback, Seth Peters, and what he had to say about his team going into the playoffs. All right, man. We're here with quarterback of the Quopio Steelers, Seth Peters. Seth, welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me again. Always good to have you, man. 
uh, Q, just so people know you're on the interview too. Say what's up, man. Hey, what's going on, people? <laughs> All right, says so, man, we got a couple questions just to ask you. You know, you guys are getting ready for the playoffs. You got practice, you got to watch film and all that stuff, so we don't want to get in your way. But uh, Q has a question he wanted to ask you about um, the season you've had so far. All right, first up, first up, let me, let's see what Seth got on his mind. All right, so after having the success you've had over the last three years, what do you think you and your team needs to do different this time around to get where you want to be? I think differently this year, um, we need to have that champion mindset I think that that we just were missing last year I think last year we were kind of floating on cloud nine a little bit we were we had come through and played really well and we played it as, as well as we knew we could but um, I think uh, nobody really had that finishing strong mindset and really going out there and and getting a championship and this year it's a whole new game I mean it's anybody's it's it's up for a grab for anybody right now and I think this year we just got to have that championship mindset and go into it expecting to win and and uh, just go and finish. You have a home game for the playoffs. How much of an advantage is that for you guys? It's a huge, huge advantage. Uh, we are, I think we're one of the hardest teams to play against at home. I mean, we have one of the biggest crowds. I think the, the, the fans in Quapio go crazy, so... It's really, really awesome, and and not even to mention is just the travel too. Like it, having to you know get to stay at home and not have to go on that big bus ride to Helsinki. That's that's pretty huge. So I think it's a huge advantage for us, and and uh, it's a good thing that we took care of business and and got that second seed. Do you think you and your team have played the best game yet this season? Do you, do you think you guys can 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 play any better than you have right now? Um, yeah, I think I think there's always room to improve. Um, we've had a couple really solid games. Um, we've put up uh, 85 points a couple times, um, or we put up 60 plus a couple times on offense. Um, uh, so I think we've had you know really really strong offensive and defensive games. I mean we've had shutouts on defense too. We just have to put it all together. Um, and I don't think we have done that yet. I don't think we've played both our best on both sides of the ball yet. I think we've had really strong games um, as a team. We've had really strong offensive, really strong defensive. But I think our best game is still yet to come. So that's good for us. What y'all have done is y'all ruined my 50-burger term. That's what y'all done. <laughs> Putting up 60 points on multiple occasions. 85 once. <laughs> Just putting up lots yeah, of 50 points. burger. Yeah. We threw it out the window this year. We need to put up what? 60 burger next year? 65 yeah. burger? It's got to be 60, <laughs> 65 plus. <laughs> Call it the, the senior citizen discount. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, I got a couple questions for you too, Seth, before we let you get out of here. I mean, you guys are playing against the Wolverines for the third time this year. You, you played them three times before when you're in Division One. Obviously, it's a brand-new team. But going into this game, what do you think is one of the main advantages that you guys are going to have in this one? Besides the home field advantage, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a weird situation. Uh, we, we have a really weird series with them. I mean, we've played two games, and both of them were pretty one-sided. So um, I think it's going to be who shows up on that particular day. I mean, it's. I know you said don't don't say home field advantage, but I think that is that's probably the biggest advantage we have going into this game right now. Uh, we're pretty healthy. We've stayed healthy, and we've we've uh, got everyone close to 100 percent now. Um, and then really just getting to play in Quopio, where 
where we are feel comfortable and and where we had a really uh, really strong game against them last time. I think that is one of our biggest advantages. I mean, I was trying to get away from the home field advantage, but that is one of your <laughs> yeah. biggest things. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to win in Quopio unless you're the Steelers, right? That's hey, that's right. Undefeated you know, thought, at home. I thought he was going to say we got Gerard Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that always helps. You know. <laughs> well, uh, last question I got for you, Seth. I mean, uh, what's play a little hypothetical here you know we're assuming and hoping as fans and enthusiasts of the sport that it's a close game and we know you've had two yeah. blow out both ways but we're expecting both teams put it all in line in the championship I mean in the playoffs and it's going to be a tight game if it came down to it speaking hypothetically of course if mm -hmm. the game comes down to you know one play to win who's getting the ball and, and what kind of play are y'all doing <laughs> oh man! Put the game on the line. On the line. I don't. I'm not giving you a situation like where the ball or anything is because yeah, that that's too that's too too specific. I'm trying to keep it general yeah, so sure. you don't for give sure. out any game planning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say. Obviously, G is a pretty easy pick for us. Tino, Johannes, Yahiainen, those guys. But we're such a we're such a matchup dependent team. I mean, we we have so many people that demand, you know, one of, a stronger defender uh, over the top of them, and we usually just attack where those people aren't, and and so it really just kind of depends on the flow of the game and where different guys are at, what matchups we like. But but I think, I mean, I feel pretty good at putting G on a fade. You know what I mean? Oh like, man, I'll just throw it out there. Let's, let's oh, go wow. get it. And he'll oh, go get it, huh? <laughs> so Gerard's a good, a good pass catcher as well. He's definitely a multi-faceted tool for you guys. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Seth, man, we, we wish you and the Steelers the best of luck out there in Quopio. You know, you got that home field crowd. I think y'all going to get, what, about 1,500 fans out there this weekend? I hope so. That's what we're shooting for. Yeah, but uh, other than that, man, we appreciate you coming by, talking on the podcast. Good luck to you guys this weekend. Q, you got anything for him? Hey, I was just going to say, hey, man, good luck. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay, guys, I know we said that we're going to get into the analysis of the game, and we will. But before we do that, we're going to have a special guest host come in, Eric Forstrom the host of the Touchdown Steelers podcast. He's going to tell us a little bit about why the Steelers are going to win this game. And definitely pay attention to what this guy has to say. He's a Steelers hometown fan. He watches all their game. He interviews their coaches and players. He probably knows a little bit more about the Steelers than we do. So definitely take a listen to what he has to say here. Hey, Purvis. You were kind enough to ask me why do I think the Steelers will advance to the Maple Bowl. And my reasoning is fairly simple. I think the Steelers is simply more ready for the semi-final than the Helsinki Wolverines will be. The Steelers have a two-game win streak behind them and the Wolverines have lost two consecutive games, their last games against the Roosters and the Crocodiles, especially the last one, a game that they should have won. The Steelers recouped after their loss against the Royals and beat the Butchers and then they beat the second string team from the Roosters and I think they're better poised for the semi-final here. Also, the game will be played at Vanellaniemi, which is a very difficult place to get an away win. And this season, Steelers has been undefeated at Vanellaniemi, so that's definitely another point for the Steelers here. 
Now, as for particular matchups, I think both teams have a throwing offense that outclasses the backfield of the defense. And it is very likely that when these teams clash, there will be plenty of points scored both ways. Now, where the difference is coming to view is the rushing offense and defense. Steelers has one of the best rushing offenses in the league at the moment. And on the other hand, the Wolverines rush defense hasn't been doing that well this season. And their rushing offense hasn't really been that remarkable. So by that logic, I feel like there will be more variance in the Steelers offense than the Wolverines. And that will be one of the deciding factors that swings the game for the Steelers. Also, the Steelers' defense has definitely perked up a bit after their low point, and against the Butchers and the Roosters, they were definitely showing a very different side of themselves, more akin to the start of the season. One thing, of course, that needs to be said specifically is that the all-time tackling leader for a single season in the Maple League, Donovan Hayden, will still be running the show on the Steelers' defense, so the Wolverines definitely have to find ways to beat him in order to come out on top. The Steelers offensive and defensive line still have their key players all healthy and intact and I think in this case they do outclass the Wolverines so that's one more advantage for the Steelers when they're playing at home. Of course this can go either way if the Wolverines key players on offense manage to make the plays where it matters and the defense gets a couple of good picks or stops that's enough. To win the Steelers, especially if it's one of those shootout games that where every single defensive stop matters. I, for one, I'm definitely expecting a very, very hard game with a lot of scoring on both sides, definitely. And of course, being a Steelers man myself, I feel like the Steelers are definitely going to edge out the win here, but I do think that the league itself, how the teams have played, it's enough to validate this prediction here. That was Eric Forstrom from Touchdown Steelers podcast telling everybody why he thinks that the Steelers are going to win this playoff matchup. He has some really good points in there. Hope you guys paid attention. If you want to find Touchdown Steelers, you can find it on Facebook. Just type in TD Steelers. And if you want to find the podcast online, you can find it on SoundCloud.com backslash Touchdown Dash Steelers. All right. Air Force from doing some great things out there. Shout out to him. I think it's Tuka that's also on there with him. So shout out to Eric and Tuka doing their thing out there in Quopio. All right. So we're talking about the Quopio Steelers now. Before we get into anything, we got to get into the numbers. And I'll do the Steelers and let you do the Wolverines. But here's the numbers for the Steelers, okay? We're going team stats. Points scored, number two in the league, averaging 40 points a game. Points allowed, number three in the league, averaging 30 points a game. Total offense, they're number two. Total defense, they're number one. That's a huge difference from last year where they were number five in total defense. The Steelers' defense has been one of the most consistent this year. And the biggest stat that the Steelers have on their side that I think a lot of people don't pay attention to, and I wish people would look at stats more often, turnover margin. They're plus 14. Plus 14. That, that means they get more opportunities to score than anyone else. They get 14 more opportunities to score than whoever they play. This team has 23 interceptions on defense. Just throwing that out there. Stats. Mm. Big facts. Big facts. But talking a little bit about the players for the Steelers, you got quarterback Seth Peters, 
threw for 2,600 yards, 31 tubs, only six interceptions. He number two. <laughs> yes, Ella Rose. You know about Seth <laughs> Peters? He say that's my boy, Seth. He throw the ball. <laughs> so Seth is number two in completion percentage. He's top five in touchdowns. I think he's number three, number five in total yards. He's up there. Obviously, he's not like number one or anything because his team doesn't have to be. They do a lot of blowouts. They run it heavy. Speaking of running, Gerard Johnson. That boy got 1,300 yards rushing, 27 tubs, another 280 receiving, two tubs, 2,052 all-purpose yards, and 30 total TDs. He's number one in rush touchdowns, rush yards, Top five all-purpose yards. He actually number one in punt return average as well for anyone that got more than 10 returns. But the biggest stat for him is he's number one in scoring. And then a couple of other guys that are key players for them. Tino Ndongo, uh, he's team leader in receiving stats, has 61 receptions, 820 yards, 12 tubs, number two in the league in touchdowns, receptions. On the defensive side, Donovan Hayden. I looked at his stats today, man. Ugh. It's, if, it's if, so oof. nasty. It's so nasty. <laughs> he he leads. I, I'm not gonna say this that he leads the league in tackles, sacks, tackles for loss, and he's number six in interceptions. And he's playing like more of a safety than a linebacker this year. But he actually leads his team in the Maple League in sacks because he gets to the ball. He what we used to say where I'm from is he get after that ass. That's what mm-hmm. he does. Uh, also, you got Tommy K, defensive back. He has 33 and a half tackles, which is actually good for number three on the Steelers' defense. And he has seven interceptions, led the league in interceptions this year, eight PBUs, so he has the most passes defensed. And then last guy we're going to talk about for the Steelers, Matthias Eriksson, linebacker from Sweden. He's right there. By- yeah? I think Ella Rose likes him because he's from Sweden. We, we like Sweden. Uh, Matthias hmm. is right there behind Donovan Hayden in everything. Like, like if there was a 1A and a 1B, he's the 1B guy. Uh, he's number two in tackles in the league, top six in tackles for loss. Pretty much anything that Donovan doesn't make a play on, he makes a play on. Between Hayden, Tommy, and Matthias, that's almost 80% of the, the tackles for this defense comes from those three positions, those three guys. And that's what they do. They rely on those three guys getting to the ball. They get to the ball, everybody else comes and rallies, and it just really makes their defense work well. I'm talking a lot about their defense, but it is what it is. All right, now we got stats out the way. Let, let's talk about the Quopio Steelers in depth a little bit. The um, We got here written down some team strengths from the Steelers. What What is one thing you think is one of their strengths, Q? Um, this is consistency of their running back. And uh, consistency of their defense playing uh, good football. These guys, uh, you know, for the most part, they haven't gotten worse. They only gotten better in majority of the games. Um, just the just the ability to be able to be balanced on both sides of the football gives them a big chance to win this game. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. They're being very consistent. I think one thing I wrote down in here was their their team confidence, and kind of to piggyback on what you just said. Both offense and defense, they're a confident bunch. If they're losing, their defense isn't, oh, no, we got to hurry up and make a play. like, okay, we'll just settle down and we'll get in the groove. We have time. We know our offense is going to put up points and keep us in the game. And same thing with the offense. 
if they're down, like you saw against the Crocodiles earlier in the season, you're down by three scores, and they're like, eh, no big problem. Let's put up 85. Let's put up a senior, senior citizen discount is what we're calling it. Let's just do that. And <laughs> you see by that team that they're just very confident in that, and they, they believe in that 100%. And like you said, Gerard Johnson is – he is a difference maker. It. It's really weird because, I mean, obviously, we've been here a while, so I keep bringing up last year's team and stuff, but he pretty much is what they had to do with three players last year. He's able to produce that as one guy and a little bit more. And it just shows on the team because that defense has improved with Donovan Hayden being able to focus solely on that. So just Mm -hmm. definitely they have a lot of strengths. They look strong going into it. You have anything else for them on strengths? Uh, just to just to piggyback actually on you on what you said about Gerard Johnson. Um, as I watched him over this this last season, I seen some of his 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 uh, highlights and just watching him play. Like I I don't think I've seen him play uh, in his playoff self yet uh, since the playoffs didn't start. But I think like he got more than what he's been showing. Um, oh yeah. Sometimes like if you see him score, like sometimes he, he walks off and you see him score and then he just turns around and just goes to the sideline. Like it doesn't even like, he didn't even try really. You know what I mean? And it's like, I know now he, he's running like he got a trip on his shoulder and I know how important this game probably is to him. And, uh, you know, every, and he, and he wasn't with them last year when they played, um, um, the rooster. So I know he's looking forward to being able to get his team to that game or at least to get them to the maple ball, whoever, whoever gets to the maple ball. But, um, Gerard Johnson obviously is going to be a big part of this game. If they, if the Wolverines don't stop him, it's going to be a long day for him. So uh, Gerard Johnson obviously a big, big, big thing. And and Seth too, Seth with his throwing and his running. Seth will surprise you with his running. He's actually quicker and faster than uh, than he looks on film. Um, but sometimes he, if you don't, you know, check him, he can get out of there too. So um, Corpio still has got some some big things on offense that's going to help them have a chance to win this game. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Definitely what you said about Gerard, about his uh, playoff self, I honestly, in my opinion, the only time we've seen him play at maybe one of his highest levels this year is probably the first game. First yeah. game out the gate, he went off against the Roosters, and he was kind of, you know, hey, this is who I am. Y'all need, to, y'all need to know who I am. And since then, he's been scoring a lot, but hasn't had to try that hard. But I, I believe he's uh, cut from the same cloth as his ex-teammate, Alpha Jallo, and he'll make some huge plays in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. we've talked the good. I mean, we put up the stats, talked about what we think the team's strengths are. What do you think about some of the weaknesses for the Steelers? Weaknesses, I think, is just not knowing, you know, not knowing which uh, team is going to show up. And I'm, I'm not saying, like, they they show a different team every single game, but this game has been one-sided both times they've played each other. So, obviously, are they going to come hyped up? Are they going to come ready to play this game? They should because they're at home. Um, but there's also this chance of, like, a reminisce of the first time they played each other when the Wolverines came in hot, scoring. The defense wasn't up to par. Um, so, I think just the chance of them not having the consistency on defense. I mean, they, they have had some shutouts. But they also have gave up, you know, a lot of points, too, in some games. So I think more than anything is this, are, are, is that defense going to play how they always played this year, which is from game to game, you don't know which one is going to show up. You know what yeah, I mean? So I think yeah. I think that's that's more of a weakness right now. Um, 
other than that, I think that's the, probably their biggest weakness. Their offense has been consistent pretty much all year. So um, just the defensive side of the ball, are they going to show up and be that strong defense that we know they can be? I think that when it comes to talking about that defense, one of the things I wrote on here was the in-game adjustments. And obviously I'm kind of going the same way you're saying, talking about the defense is that when, when the defense is doing well and they don't have to really change anything to continue doing well, they run through teams. But when it, it's a situation where, you know, things aren't working, you got to figure something else out, they kind of stay in what they're doing and nothing changes, so they're doing the same thing. And I think that's something that if they get in a situation, like the first time they played the Wolverines, they saw what was happening to them. They went to the locker room, came back, and just continued to let it happen. And that's something that they just can't allow in these playoff games is they have to be able to, you know, change as they go and adapt. And that defense, like you said, it's different from week to week because teams are adjusting on the fly during the game, and they're kind of staying stagnant. And that's what I've noticed about that defense. And even the offense mm-hmm. is very similar. You know, they only have so many options, and they'll go away from what they're good at because they don't just stick to – actually, they do stick to the plan. And instead of doing – you know, working on – what could work in this game later to kind of go what they already thought was going to work. The other last, the last thing I got for them for team weaknesses is uh, this is actually one of the things I said is their strength is also one of their weaknesses. And that's that team confidence that I was speaking about earlier. You know, this team thinks at any point that they can win the game, which means they don't necessarily have that sense of urgency when things go bad. And not saying that you should, you know, be scared of, okay, we're down. But at some point, you got to be like, okay, we got to change something up. Or we got to do something different. And it's kind of mm-hmm. ties in with the game, in-game adjustments. But they're so confident that, you know what? Hey, we can score 85 points every week if we really want to. So, I guess we just got two down. I don't think that's going to help them in the playoffs. I think in the playoffs, they're going to need to still have a certain amount of confidence. But not have so much that they think that any – any hole they dig is they can come out of it. They got to be able to say, you know what, we need to make a change now and not just assume that what we're going to do is going to work out. It's not always going to be status quo, especially in this playoffs. I see a, a lot of these teams going to be doing, I think there's going to, besides the Roosters, I think there'll be a lot of changes going on in the game, before the game, at the end of the game. And for them, they got to be confident that they can adapt and not just confident that what got them there will get them to the end. Uh, a few of the key players from the Steelers. I mean, the big name is Gerard Johnson. What do you expect from him in this game so that they can be successful? Um, I expect Gerard Johnson to come out from the beginning of the game. I think they're going to feed him the first half. Um, I won't be surprised if he touches the ball at least 10 to 15 times the first half, um, and that's passing or running. But I definitely think rushing-wise, he'll get a lot of the carries. They'll try to keep that Wolverines offense off the field. Um because it is explosive, and but what the, the the game plan, the smart game plan, is to obviously have your offense on the field more because you can run the ball. You know, you can you can kind of judge how how much time you're using in each drive. I think if Corpio can come out there and put together some you know 10, 11 play drives and run the clock, um, obviously they can score points, but to control the clock would would, would help more. Um, it take less risk off of your defense. Um, so I think Gerard Johnson touching the ball early. And often is is going to give them a good chance to win the game. I, I agree with that 100. Another guy that I'm intrigued to see in this game is Tino and Dongo. Uh, he he's had a good season. Nothing like overly flashy. Like he hasn't been like dominant 
all year, anything like that. But he gets in the end zone. He gets in the end zone a lot. I think he's had 12 touchdowns this year. And he, he catches a decent amount of passes. And he's involved in the offense. They use him in both the short game and the deep ball. So seeing how they utilize him in in um, combination, I'm trying to come up with the right word, in combination with Gerard Johnson. Because, you know, Gerard is a, is a big home run hitter, but he can also grind you out, which means when Tino gets the ball, he needs to make a play. And he's kind of been up and down throughout the season. Like there's been some games where, you know, two or three catches and he's a huge game, and then there's two or three catches, no touchdown, no huge game, what happened, you know? That's kind of been how it's been. So I think in the playoffs, they need to make sure that as much as they rely on Gerard, that they have that complement in Tino that can get those big plays and big chunks so that they can grind it out with Gerard. I think I think Tino, his game depends upon if the run game is 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 working. Because if teams are yeah. are yeah. I don't think I don't think you come out and just automatically say, We need to know where Tino is. As no, a defense, no, no. I don't. I don't think you come out and say that. I think the Wolverines obviously should overcompensate for Gerard early. If they lose this game, let it be because Tino did beat you, yeah, or some of those other receivers beat you. But don't come out there in in a oh we got to make sure that that we we playing over Tino and and leaving where you only got two backers or three backers in the box and one safety to help you because that's not going to work. So I think they need to overcompensate. Um, Tino's game obviously is, is based off how Gerard is doing, and if he's opening up the run, if the run is opening up, it's going to open up the pass. So um, I expect him to. I expect Tino to do what he does. Um, he's not just the craziest route runner, but he has speed and, and speed kills. So yes, if they don't does. cover him, if they don't cover him, if they missing tackles, then he will make them pay. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's his game. We got track speed. Anybody else oh, yeah. you think key player that we need to look out for in this game for the Steelers? Uh, I think I think Tommy K. Um, mm-hmm. I think he he's obviously, uh, you know, if he can somehow make some some big plays, um, if he can get some interceptions, man, against this Wolverines defense, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a, a, a an important part of this game because if Donovan Hayden is, is blitzing and as he's in the box a lot this game, Tommy has got to make up for that. Um, because the Wolverines obviously have receivers all over the field. So he's going to have to play some games with Robert. He's going to have to bait him. He's going to have to make some one-on-one plays. Um, he's going to have to play one of his best games for this defense to have a chance to win this game. I think um, something that I've been impressed about Tommy K this season is the, the guy gets to the ball. He's a ball hawk. He's around the ball. I know he has the most passes defense this year, but he's around the ball. There's – I don't know his forced fumbles or strips or whatever like that, but he almost every play that goes downfield, he's there. If he's not the one making the tackle or if he's not the one getting the tip or interception, he's there. He's in the vicinity. And I think against this team, that's going to that's gonna bode well for him because the ball is going to be going everywhere. And if he's where the ball is, something good's going to happen. That's one thing he's done is he's always made good things happen. And he celebrates well, you know. You got to get some some brownie points for that. The guy celebrates well. A Polish guy, I like his style. I mean, if you celebrate, I love it. Uh, last thing we're talk about before we switch teams is the the keys to success. Obviously, we went over a little bit, but we're going a little bit more now. Like I said, playoffs. We're gonna get in depth for y'all. Keys to success for the Steelers, and I'll I'll start it off with this one. The 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 number one thing that the Steelers need to do is get ahead early. 
they're playing the Wolverines. It is it is what it is. That offense is gonna put up points on you. There's nothing you can do about it. But what you can do is control that they have to put up points. Put that pressure on them. It's been proven that when they get behind, they don't really come back. I don't. I can't say that I've seen the Wolverines come back this season. Have you? Um, I think it was what game was that? The Butcher's game is the only game that I've seen them kind of go in that mode of coming back. Now they lost it because you know it was a few Not- inches of getting the first down, but. Yeah. I think that's the only game where I really seen them actually show that part, but they're not like known for it right yeah. now. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. They're a team that what if you get ahead on this team, they I mean they haven't shown that tenacity to come back. I mean, just just thinking about the first time these two teams played when the Wolverines did win, uh the Steelers had the chance to go ahead and didn't capitalize. They had situations that didn't go in their their favor and if you give the Wolverines too many chances, eventually they're going to get going because they're a slow-starting team when they get behind. So for the Steelers, you need to get ahead early. And after that, it's not really going to be an issue because you're going to know what they're going to do. They're going to be pressing. They're going to start throwing a lot of deep balls on offense instead of focusing on the offensive scheme. And they get predictable when they're behind. You know what they're going to do, and it's usually a lot of more three-and-out situations. So for the Steelers, they have to get ahead early. What are, what is something you think they need to do to win? Because you said, like you said, the Wolverines aren't really known for coming back in the game. Yes, it's the playoffs, so anything can happen. But I think they have a better chance, obviously, being at home, having that crowd there. When you go up and you in, in, in and you're in control of the game, man, that crowd is, is loud. Everybody is is hype. It's the confidence. It's the confidence that it gives your team to keep playing great. Um, you won't let off when you go up like that. I think if they come into this game and and they have a you know, three and out, three and out, back and forth, three and out. That's the type of game that you don't want with the Wolverines because obviously yeah. the Wolverines have they have more veteran players who've been in these, these type of games, and you don't you don't want to leave it up to whether Rob scores, um, or or Cedric scores or RJ scores because these guys have been in big games before, and they, I think Corpio needs to try to avoid having that type of back and forth game with them. Yeah. Um, uh, other than that, it's just the turnover, the turnovers. Um, that's that's going to be the key to success. If you get the ball um, and give Seth and, and Gerard more times to score, that can help them win this game um, more than anything. So the team that get the most turnovers usually wins. Last thing I'm going to say, I think we, we, we're talking about this good enough, is the Steelers, for them to win this game, they can't leave any points on the field. It kind of goes back to the whole getting ahead early. We, we've said it. The Wolverines don't look like a team that can necessarily make a comeback. But like you said, against the Butchers, they almost did. Don't, don't leave it up to chance in the playoffs. Don't go for a field goal when you had an opportunity to get a third and three. You know, Don't leave mm-hmm. any points on that field against a team like this because no matter what we say, uh, we've seen the games. They're, okay, they're, they might not be the best team in this league they they're beatable they've been beaten it's been proven it's not a problem that's a fact but you'd be stupid to give them the opportunity don't give them the opportunity Mm. if the if the Steelers offense if they play the way that they can they can't outscore the Wolverines offense but if they leave any points out there they're leaving a little bit of a room for this team to say hey we can win this game and I don't like that against this team specifically. I don't like it against any of these playoff teams, actually. I think that for the Steelers, they need to be consistent. 
methodical and get all the points they can. I do not want to see a field goal unless it's extra point. Shout out to number 30. I can't remember his name now. Uh, damn it. He's one of my favorite kickers, too, because now he's a defensive back. He's progressed as a defensive back, but he's been kicking for years for the Steelers. But no offense, but I don't want to see you out there unless it's extra points today in this game. Okay? <laughs> We've talked about the Steelers. Now we're going to go on to the team they're playing, the Helsinki Wolverines. They're the number three seeded team this year. So we're going to break them down. All right, so we're going to talk about the Wolverines. Q, tell us a little bit about the Wolverines and, and how stat-heavy they are. So getting into the numbers for the Wolverines, team stats. Uh, they're number three in the league with 37 points a game scored. Uh, points allowed, they're number two, with giving up 29.4 points a game. Total offense, they're, get, they're putting up about 425, 26 yards a game. They're second in the league in that. Uh, total defense, they're, they're giving up 344 yards a game and a third in the league with that. Um, they're giving up about 158 rushing yards a game. They're last in the league. And then passing, they're giving up 186 yards a game. They're first in the league. Um, the turnover margin is plus two. You know, interesting thing before we go into the, the player stats is, I really expected this team to be number one in a little bit more um, categories. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know, obviously, the last game for everybody was just kind of ridiculous, and it, it skewed the stats, but I still am disappointed in how this team didn't really live up to the potential of their roster. Reminds me of a, a better version of last year's Saints. Mm-hmm. They at least still made the playoffs, but uh, I, I think oh, I think more than just to, just to piggyback off what you said just now. I think the Wolverines, looking at their season, um, they just don't have a dominant defensive player on their defense, and I think all the other teams uh, somewhat have that. I mean, Corpio has Donovan Hayden, dominant player. Um, the Wolverines just they don't they have to play good as a team. To make things happen, and, uh, and like you said, we expected that. they haven't they haven't done it. Like literally, after all these games, they still haven't done it on defense. They played some good games, but they haven't played an overall great game on defense with all of those players. And I think when you don't have a dominant player on defense, um, it kind of it kind of takes away from from how you look. You know what I mean? And your yeah. stats, and it's just everybody is. I think they're playing hard, and I think, but you you need that leader. You know what I mean? They're just missing like that that dominant leader on defense who all the guys get up behind and they follow his plays. Um, I think it's just a play here, play there. And this is probably why their turnover margin looks like this. And it's crazy because, I mean, honestly, if you would ask me who's the best defensive player for the Wolverines, I'm probably going to say TJ Jackson. Yeah. And the only, the only negative about that is that he plays cornerback. He can't really influence the rest of his teammates the way that you would want. Because th their problem area isn't, you know, guarding receivers. Not all the time, anyways. <laughs> but it's, it's like you said, as a whole, they don't work well together. And I feel like that is just tough, like you said, because there's no standout guy that everybody can kind of rally around. Mm -hmm. But um, moving on, uh, talking about the stats, what are some of the, the key player stats for the Wolverines? All right, some of the key player stats for the Wolverines, uh, starting off, obviously, with Robert Johnson. 66.4 percentage. Um, he threw for 3,500 yards, 38 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's next up, William Young, on the running back. 
ran for over 1,100 yards, 16 touchdowns, over 534 receiving yards, um, five receiving touchdowns, 1,900-plus um, all-purpose yards with 22 total TDs. He was number four in rushing yards and number three in rushing TDs, number five in all-purpose yards and number four in scoring. Um, he, he, he racked up 132 points for his team, so that was good. Um, next up, my boy, R.J. Long. 79 receptions, over 1,000 yards receiving, 11 touchdowns. Uh, he led the team in receiving yards and touchdowns. Um, he was number one in receiving and number three in touchdowns and number three in yards in the league. Um, next up, Cedric Johnson, the brother of Robert Johnson. Um, he had 37 receiving yards, uh, I mean, 37 receptions, 731 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. He was number two on the team in receiving touchdowns and number five um, in reception touchdowns. With plus 10 yards of reception. Um, well, number 10 in yards. I'm sorry. Uh, Marcus Siskinen, another receiver, 46 receptions, 665 yards, eight TDs. He was number, number two on the team in receptions. And then you got the quarterback slash DB, Jabari Harris. <laughs> young Barry. Uh, young Barry. Uh, 54 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, three interceptions, five pass breakups. He has 283 rushing yards. Two TDs, 203 passing yards, and three passing touchdowns. He's a team leader in interceptions, PBUs, and pass defending. Uh, he's number two on the team in tackles, number three on the team in tackles for loss, and number four in interceptions, and number five in pass defending. Next up, we got Eric Irvin, uh, 54 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, three pass breakups, two forced fumbles, and he's number two on the team in tackles. Uh, Benjamin I can't say your name, brother. I'm mad at you. Egbudue. That's what I think it is. Egbudue. Benji. Benji is better known as Benji with 38 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. He's a team leader in tackles for loss and number nine in the league in tackles for loss. And there you have it. Those stats, I mean, the receiver stats seem pretty consistent with what I expected. The running back stats, I was not expecting him to be that good, but he was. Defensively, that's not about right. <laughs> uh, I think Jabari has really stepped up as a defensive leader for that team, but it says a lot about the rest of the defensive guys who that their primary position is defense. And yeah. Jabari's the leader, a guy coming from um, – he's a quarterback. He's been a quarterback yeah. for years in, in this country of all places – and he switched to a position that I've never seen him play. I don't know if he has a defensive back background in high school, little league. I don't care. I ain't never seen him play it, but he's come a very long way in a short period of time. And I think it's more than just his athleticism. But before I go raving on about Jabari of all people, let's let's get into the Wolverine strengths. What do you think of some of their strengths this year? Um, I think their strengths is obviously having the veterans um, on offense that they have. Uh, with the addition of Kari um, at, at on the line, and then they get another import on the line, um, they just have that big play ability. Uh, one thing about Wolverines, like they could be they could be having three and outs, three and outs, and the next thing you know, they hit Sed for a slant, and he runs seventy yards for a touchdown, or they hit RJ and he runs for, for a touchdown. When you got that big play ability, anything is possible when you're playing them. This is why you can't miss tackles against these guys. This is why you can't blow coverages against the Wolverines because they can hurt you. Marcus Siskinen, another big play receiver. 
this guy has been he's been hurting teams uh, all year. And I don't think it's because they've been focused on the other receivers. It's just a simple fact that he's making plays. He's actually getting open. He's running by people. He's breaking tackles. He he is an import. You know what I mean? Like he plays like he is an import. And when you got guys like that on your offense um, and they can make plays, I think if all those guys actually get their ball, get their hands on the ball early, I think, you know, that'll be a key to success for them to win this game. I think uh, I agree with you 100%. Like, I mean, it, it's simple. They have a very high-powered offense. They got talent out the wazoo. They can, they can score 100 points if they play correctly, and they should be able to stop teams from scoring more than 30 points as well. But I, I want to continue talking about uh, Marcus Siskinen because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a guy that we might not talk about him a little bit later with key players, but he really does stand out on that team because – you we named three receivers for this team. Most teams you can't name three receivers. I mean, you can name them and say, okay, they have three receivers, but then show me three receivers with the stats to back it up. Mm-hmm. Most teams, there's one. Okay, there might be two. You got one guy with close to a thousand yards, another guy with like seven hundred, and everybody else has three, four hundred. This dude, he's right up there. He's a few yards behind Cedric, only because you know Cedric runs all the deep routes. But he's the second leader in receptions on that team because he's part of the offense. He's not just overlooked. Rojo looks at him as number one a lot of plays. You'll see him turn his head, find 89, make the play. 89, give me a second. They're, they're amping her up now, so that's great. Come on, y'all over there goading her. But anyways, number 89 to catch the ball, ride out, get to the end zone, and then, you know, Fix his suit and tie as he does because he's just going to work out there. Number 89, <laughs> Marcus Siskinen. Y'all look out for that celebration, man. I love it. He goes to work. But um, we could go all day about their their strengths, but let's do what we love to do about the Wolverines this year. Let's talk about their weaknesses, man. What do you think is one Ooh. of their weaknesses? <laughs> Ooh. Hey, we on a time limit. Let's, let's try to keep it under 10 minutes. All right. <laughs> let's, let's talk as much as bad as this hurts me, but I can't be biased. The, the weakness right now with the Wolverines – is the ability to adjust on offense mm-hmm. and defense? Agreed. It's just I, I I don't know if I could blame that on the players or the or specifically the coaches, but I'm gonna start with the coaches. They have to be able to see the field, see what's going on, and adjust to it. Because you can't have those type of players in in coming out of the halves or quarters and you only score seven points. It's, it should be impossible for us anybody to stop RJ and Sid being on the same side. You don't need three seconds, four seconds. You don't need to run deep routes every play. You have to make the other team, DBs, tackle these guys. It's that simple. You, you take one step, a drop back, a bubble, screen, do whatever you have to do to get the ball to them quick and let them go to work. That's that's what they have to do. And I think they, they haven't been doing a great job of adjusting to what's been going on in these games, and that's been putting teams in positions to beat them. And I think if you go back and watch the games that they lost, um, besides the, the, the obviously uh, the first uh, Roosters game, everybody else just they didn't adjust. It. They just didn't adjust to them. Like it's no way you could t- tell me that anybody else's defense can can actually compare and and match up to what the Wolverines have on the outside of receivers. And I think they just haven't adjusted to what the other teams' defense have been doing. They haven't been getting the ball to to those guys to make those plays. And anytime that you do that, you 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 you're killing yourself as far as winning games. And I think they're that's probably one of their biggest weaknesses. 
is not being able to adjust. If I had to, to, to go to number two weakness, it's the defense as a whole. Oh, before, before you go number two, let me jump in on adjustments. I was, okay. I was waiting because okay. I, I want to throw in something. Uh, I'm not going to go on too long, but I'm just going to say, early in the season, actually not early, but in July, when they first played the Roosters, I saw one, one series that showed me exactly why I don't believe the Wolverines are Maple Bowl championship winning team. And I'm going to describe the situation because I did it that week as well, but I'm going to describe it again so everybody can understand what I'm talking about. Roosters got the ball. They're driving it down on the defense. And this is before we knew the Wolverines defense was bad, before we knew they couldn't stop the run. So they're driving it down. Wolverines try to sub in a linebacker and take out a DB and change their personnel so they can, you know, load the box. And somebody didn't know how to get off the field or they had too many players. So then they had to take a timeout. Now, I'm in the stands. Now, I see this. I see that they're bringing in a big guy, a little guy supposed to go off but don't go off the field. They call a timeout. So if if I'm on the offense, I'm like, okay, they think we're going to run. So we're going to obviously play action. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm in the stands. So there's a timeout, Roosters come out, first play, they put eight in the box, go man, and the Roosters do a a very shitty play action by Miro, first of all, very shitty play action, and then throws it over top to Adam Connett, who did a a little fake hitch and go, and the safety bit on the run play, and they scored a touchdown. And I was just thinking in the back of my head, why would you not expect that play? Why you just messed up on substitution trying to adjust to the run, and they saw that had a timeout, and you think their coach is gonna be like, well, let's just keep running it, when they can take advantage of you and score a touchdown, which they did. That's an adjustment. That's an in-game adjustment that they're not capable of making. And for the rest of the season, that's what they look like. They look like they're one step behind. They're playing checkers, and everybody else is playing chess. And that's an in-game adjustment that they're not going to get fixed. And I, I think that's the, the worst thing they'll have in this playoffs is that everyone's going to be adjusting on the fly. If they can't do it, they're going to lose. Defense as a whole. Yeah. I mean, just not having that guy on defense is, 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 is this – it takes away from the chances of, of, of getting to the Maple Bowl. Like, like when, you, when you actually look at some of the previous teams – there, there were guys on, on these defenses that uh, we can go back to 2017. Um, they had Chris for the Royals. They had Slater uh, for the Roosters. It's certain guys that you need on defense that's always are going to play consistent. They're always are going to make plays in every game. And for the Wolverines right now, that's that's Jabari for the most part. But you got to have somebody in that front seven who's who's there yep. and whose people are. Game, or game planning for. I don't think Corpio is game planning for anybody on the Roosters, I mean, uh, on the Wolverines defense. That's bad. I don't think they're game planning for anybody right now. I think they're going to go out there and, like, say, you know what? This is what we're going to try to hit them at. This is what we're going to yeah. try to win at right here. They're not focused on one guy, and that's bad when you're coming into the playoffs. And I think that's – Wolverines can't do anything about it now, but you have to be able to have somebody established on defense that when you about to play a team – their coaches is saying, hey, we have to know where he is at all times or we have to double-team this guy every play. Zaymo gets a lot of double-teams, but he's obviously not – he's not he's not the threat that they 
that that's gonna hurt. You know, he's a D lineman, so it's like unless you like a DN or yeah, he's a D tackle, dominant. Not, yeah, not a you know, so he's a D. Yeah, he's a D tackle. Yeah, it's, it's a little different. So you could double team him. Like he's the only person who they they. Do they, like, do they get a lot of movement up front also? Uh, do they do a lot of slanting and, and moving with that D-line? They don't, and not that I noticed, not, but I'm, I'm not looking not, that hard at J-Mo. Not, not, not really. Uh, J-Mo obviously gets the double teams mm-hmm. um, because they don't want to leave you know anybody one-on-one with him. Uh, he's going to win that battle. He's bigger, he's stronger. He's going to win that battle. So they double team him. Now that means that somebody on the, other, the rest of this D-line, whether it's Benji, uh, somebody on the other side, like somebody has to you win a one on one. You are a lot. Yeah, so, somebody has to win a one on one somewhere on that D line. Jamo is taking two people, so that means that, that, that somebody has to win one on one, and they haven't been doing it. And you need that type of play when you're coming into these playoffs because you need somebody to show up and say, you know what, I'm going to take over this game. I'm going to be that guy, and y'all follow me. And if you don't have that, Corpio is going to have. A, 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 a sweet day in the park if nobody on the Wolverines defense takes it upon themselves to say, you know what, I'm going to make a difference in this game. I'm going to take us there. You know no, what I mean? Another so, interesting thing for them de- defensively, I mean, they obviously it's not good, but uh, just looking at their players, I wouldn't have one, – one thing that we always notice here is a lot of players miss tackles. And with this team, yeah. I mean, they miss tackles just as much as anybody else, but a lot of times – it's like, why are they in that position trying to make the play? Like, a, a lot of their defensive players are in weird positions when the play occurs, and you're like, why are they in that position? And I mean, I don't, I'm not in, the, I'm not on the team, so I don't know if it's the coaching or if it's the player not getting to the right spot. But there doesn't seem to be a, a chemistry about it. You know, whenever teams get big, wide open pass catches on them, the entire secondary, there's not like two or three guys looking at each other, they're all just putting their head down and walking back. It's like, well, somebody fucked up, but we don't know who fucked up yet. Or, mm-hmm. and we always fuck up. Like, it just seems like they, they're never in sync on the defensive side, and they haven't done it at all this year. And the, the biggest thing, like you said, is though, if they can't stop the run, it really don't matter. I think we thought their strength was going to be their secondary, but it's come to find it, again, they need chemistry there, but they can't stop the run, which means they can't out scheme anybody either. Like, yeah. the, like the story I said earlier, you know, it was they thought run, it was a pass. It don't matter if you can run and pass against a team. Like you got to guess what it is every time. And that's where they're at. They're, yeah. they're on defensive side. They're guessing the play, and then when they're wrong, they don't have the tools. I, I don't want to say tools. I'm just gonna say they don't execute properly to actually make the play and make the adjustments. That, that's their defense in a nutshell, and it just hasn't really looked good at all. But I do mm-hmm. give give credit to a few of the defensive backs. I think um, Eric Irvin, T.J. Jackson, and even the young, um, I mean, Aku Katan, and, and even Jabari. I do think their secondary is, has potential to play well and has shown signs of it, but that front seven hasn't shown really much of anything. Yeah, to, I, I think the biggest, another big thing too, is situational awareness on defense. Mm, there you go. Um, that's that's the main thing of them. Nobody, nobody's moving around before the play starts. Um, nobody is trying to disguise anything on defense. So if they're they're blitzing, they're coming up to the line uh, <laughs> to show the quarterback they're they're about to blitz. Like it's so easy to figure out what they want to do, and when you don't have a dominant backer. Uh, that's another thing. When you don't have yeah. a dominant backer 
teams can do pretty much what they want to do in the run game. Um, when your safeties can't play the pass the way that's like for one, I'm, let, let me say this first. As a <laughs> as a as an ex safety linebacker in my football career, the number one job is check run first. Mm-hmm. That's the number one job. Like you are a run stopper first before you are anything else. Now, that goes back to the situation awareness. It's third and nine, and the Wolverines have their defensive ends head up on tackles. Mm. <laughs> like, like, why are they not in seven techniques? Why are they not giving yourself? Like, obviously, you're doing a pass rush. So, why are you head up on the tackle? Give yourself a chance. Make it. Make it to where you can have some room, and space to get the one-on-one that you want. It's just it's a little, little small things that that they're just not aware of, and 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 I can call the plays out sometimes just watching the game, and I'm like every like like this is football. Football doesn't change that much besides the air raid coming into everybody's offense. You have to be able to know like all right, it's a quarterback and it's a running back. What's the number one run play? There, everybody runs right. Don't read. Be prepared. It's like they're not even yeah. prepared for it. And I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take back what I said earlier in the season because I remember when I wrote about the the grades and stuff. I know everybody came at me for some of the things I wrote, but I wrote that you know, with a team with this many Americans who played football, that their their IQ on the field is gonna be super high. That is not the case. I, I was 100 percent wrong. I can admit when I was wrong because, like you said, situational awareness. This team doesn't have it on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not talking about offense, but defensively, you can tell they just don't know what to do a lot of times. And you can blame the players, you can blame the coaches, but at this point, it doesn't matter. The defense is not prepared to, you know, take over and win games when they have to. Definitely, definitely. And and I could go, I could go all day. I'm I'm a little more harsher on Wolverines because I know a lot of these guys. Aren't we? And yeah, we I, all I, are. I, I, <laughs> And I and I expected more, and I I honestly expected more. Yes, they are in the playoffs, so uh, kudos to that. But I expected them to play a lot better than what they've been playing. Um, even going back to when they played against the Roosters, Miro Miro is notoriously known for his shoulder fake. Oh my gosh! No quarterback in the world throws a deep ball with the ball down by his cross. Like nobody is throwing a deep ball like that. So what? Why are people? Why are they breaking on a shoulder fake? And it mm-hmm. works. And it's just, I just feel like these, like you said, the IQ should have been a little higher for these guys. Like a lot of these plays, a lot of times passing plays while reading combo routes, uh, knowing that they're going to throw the scene, knowing that the Roosters, which Miko might not like this, but the Roosters live off the scene. Well, they, like, they live you, off. You they, play the safety. Yeah. Like you, they you live off the scene. Like if like like Miro, sometimes he looks he looks the other safety routes and goes back. Like, but they live off the scene. Adam Cunningham is slot. He is killing the scenes all year. Like that's just what that that's where he wins. Yes, he can break tackles and, and take off, but he's winning in the scene because they're not covering the scene. And I'm trying to tell you guys, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like like once he once he once those slot receivers pass by those backers, if your safeties aren't already two yards away. It's pointless. Like, you can watch the Wolverines, and the Wolverines' safeties are sometimes 13 and 14 yards back, and they're still back to uh, – those guys are running four fours, four fives at, at the most. I'm going to give them four five. <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need to fly out of there so fast. Like, give, give your D-line a chance to get the rush, and now you're in position. If, if he does throw that seam, you can make plays on it. 
But when you're already 13, 14 yards back and you're still backpedaling, now you're 16 yards yep, back. Yep. And he throws a 12-yard – he throws 11, 12-yard scene when he's past the backer. And now you're trying to make a tackle in the open field. And Adam usually wins that battle. So, like, it's just a lot of things. The Wolverines just – they just have to actually come into this game and say, you know what? We're going to make these tackles. We're not going to miss tackles. We're going to play these routes. And we're going to ball and show everybody how we can play. And that's yep. exactly how, how you have to play now. Like, obviously, whatever happened in, in – in, August, nobody remembers now. Now it's the time to show everybody, all right, we're in the playoffs. This is the type of team we are. This is what we're trying to go to. And the Wolverines has got to come out and play. I mean, we went over everything now. But uh, <laughs> let's, let's, we're going to try to stay in the format and talk about some of the key players. I mean, this to be a little bit more positive because we can talk some about some of the key players. And I'll leave this one off. And I'm going to throw out a name that I, I said earlier that a lot of people might not you know, recognize or see as a key player. And that's T.J. Jackson, cornerback. What is he, number eight this year, I think? Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, like, I didn't know the guy before this season, but obviously he's known out here. Is he a, one of the 69ers guys, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Niner boy. Yeah. He's one a of niner those, boy. One of those Niner guys. That was before my time, guys, in Finland. I've only been here three and a half years. I know it seems like it's longer, but it ain't been that long. 2016, that was it. Uh, but T.J. is a unique talent that I feel like – is overshadowed by how bad the defense is as a whole. I mean, he's lost his share of battles, but in most cases, he's the guy that just shuts down a guy. He can just shut down a receiver easily by himself. And then he also is very helpful in run support, and he he plays a different type of technique than what most DBs in, in this league play. Is he doesn't give you any idea that his guy's open. He ain't baiting nobody. He, he's locking them down. If his dude open, he's probably open. But most likely, he's not open. And he, don't, he doesn't get thrown at a lot. He doesn't get a lot of action. That's because he's doing his job so well that no one is throwing at him. I've only seen him lose a few battles. And I want to say that's usually, I think the only time I've really seen him lose any battles was to Namde early in that first game against the Roosters. But other than that, mm-hmm. whenever TJ's on the field, you can trust that if, if he's manned up, that man is covered. He's not getting the ball. Um, I don't I don't I don't think he played against Quopio the last time they went to Quopio. Did he? I don't think he was there. Nah, he wasn't there. But I do remember the first time. And I think Johannes Uhaiden remembers the first time too. Cause him and TJ spent a lot of time on the sideline. As he locked <laughs> him up and did not let him get off the ball, not a once, for a full four quarters. And that was that. And they missed him when they went to Quopio and he wasn't there. Now, I'm hoping that he'll make this trip to Quopio. But, I mean, I guess the man don't like to travel. He probably got to work or something. But if he makes this trip to Quopio. He's going to make this one. If he makes this make trip, this <laughs> you can guarantee that, one, Johannes don't want to see none of him. And then, two, uh, Tino don't want to see none of him either. No offense to Tino and Johannes, but neither one of them has great off-press technique. This guy has good press technique, and he, he's a strong guy too. And I think he's going to be a difference maker in this game because he's going to allow them to put more people in the box. I think him saying that, hey, you know what, if I get one receiver on the side, I don't need safety help. If they do that, I don't know if they will, but if they do that, it's going to let them be able to put more people in the box to stop Gerard Johnson. I think TJ is going to be a, a, a huge – aspect for this defense to help win this game 
Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. To get on uh, what you were saying about TJ, uh, he's not to mention ex D one cornerback <laughs> in the SEC, which I know you are a big fan of the SEC, but. I just don't I, like it. I don't mean I don't quarter, respect it. God uh, damn. <laughs> yeah. You can play in the SEC. No, you, you can I, play and you physical. Yeah, XO Miss DB, starting DB back, I will say that. TJ obviously came on with the Niners, and from there he's, you know, pretty much been playing. He played with the Niners then, and uh, now he's playing with the Wolverines. But he is a guy who you want on the field, you know, basically shutting down the side. Yes, he every cornerback loses battles. He's lost battles, but he's probably won more than he lost. Um, which is definitely what you want as a yeah. DB. Like, no DB is going to stop anybody from necessarily scoring on him like that, Not at least not in these leagues. But he he is the type of guy who you need to always look out for. Will Seth try him? Um, maybe if 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 Gerard is a receiver, he might try him. I don't <laughs> think Seth is going to try him necessarily um, because TJ is just too physical majority of the time, so you probably won't his, get – His guys don't look open. Want. Yeah, like they just don't like it, it's just not a smart thing. Like I just I think it's just not smart. Like, yeah. like okay, yeah, you might have confidence in your receivers, but it's it's not a smart bet to do. You know what I mean? So uh TJ obviously gonna be a big difference maker if if, if he's making a trip, he's obviously gonna be a big, <laughs> big difference maker in, in that. But to, to go to I guess another key player, yeah, if you want to move on, yeah, yeah. Um I'll say I'll say William Young. I'll say Will Young. Yeah, uh, obviously depending on how this run game and depending on how, how much he touches the ball too in the first half also. Yeah. Obviously he's a big play guy. He's been the most consistent guy on offense. Um I think they they might have rested him the last game just to get him, you know, get him prepared for this playoff game. Yeah, they did. But Will Will is a big play guy. You need a monster game from him. He has to have a monster game against Corpio. Because best believe Corpio is obviously giving the ball to their running back. So I think the Wolverines need to figure out how can we get Will touches outside the box um, because that's where he hurts everybody the most. Um, so if they can get him outside of the box and get him one-on-one with some linebackers, um, it's going to be a long day for the Corpio defense. So uh, Will Young is going to be a very, very important. Obviously, Robert has to play um, good too, but he hasn't – Robert doesn't have to win games necessarily right now. He just needs to control the offense and spread the ball around. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Will Young, but you said it all. I'm going to talk about Rojo because I think that when it when it comes to Rojo, we, we've got to think like outside of just the player in him because he is the offensive coordinator. Like he, This is his offense. And I think for him in this type of game, it's got to be that situation of, okay, you know what you're going to do going into the game. When shit hits the fan – are you going to stick to what you're going to do or are you going to revert back to bad habits? And we've seen him revert back to bad habits. In, in these games that they've lost this year against playoff teams, you've seen that, okay, they're getting down. So on first down, instead of getting the ball to Will Young or trying to get something quick and easy, I'm going to throw the fade to um, RJ. Or I'm going to throw a fade to, to uh, Sid. Oh, incomplete because I, I forced it on, on play one. Now the second down, I'm behind the sticks. I don't want to do a run play and and take the third and long chance. Now I'm going to do another intermediate to deep pass. Oh no! Someone tipped mm-hmm. the ball. I threw it across the middle. I didn't have a, I didn't have a clean look because they knew it was second and long. You get in these situations, third and long. Now everybody knows what it is. If you're if you're lucky, Will or RJ or Sed or even Siskinen make a huge play, or they might not. 
A lot of times they do, but sometimes they don't. And when they don't, you get that three and out look, and now you're putting a defense that hopefully they had got off the field before and back on the field. And for Roger, I think one thing that he's going to have to really try to stay conscious of this game is that, you know, just because shit isn't going well doesn't mean you have to give up what you know you can do. He knows that if they run – well, I'm not going to get into their playbook. But he knows what works. And he knows what, what's difficult, what's not difficult. And I think that when he physically gets tired or the game gets tough, I think we lose that, you know, that that cerebral rojo that can pretty much destroy any defense. And so I think for him, staying fresh and taking his time and actually – implementing the offense is what they need to do in this game. So it's a little bit more than him being just a key player. It's more about him being a, a key coaching aspect schematically for the Wolverines. That's all I got. No, I, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Rojo just – he just needs to do what Rojo's done. He's been in this game. He's been in this situation a lot in his life. Yeah. And I think more than anything, this is where he comes into play. This is where he's good at. This is where these are the games that I, I can't remember him really losing a lot of semifinal games. I'm gonna be honest. Since I've been in Finland, this this goes back to 2008, 2009. He has pretty much been in a lot of semifinals like this, and a lot and and he's won them. You know what I mean? Like he's had a big part in them. I think he's focused. I think he 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 is trying. He's gonna try to put his team in the best possible position to make sure they finish drives. To make sure he plays good um, in the pocket, you know the the old Rojo used to used to run around, uh, but he, his arm was always consistent. Now he still has the arm, um, doesn't move as well as he used to, but hey, he still hey, can get he, out of the pocket. If yeah, he, needs he to. can still shake though. Y'all don't don't yeah, hate no Rojo. Yeah, he right? move now. Rojo he still can, get he loose, still, man. He he still can't move, um, but move. I think now he's a, he's a lot more dependent on his arm. So. I think with the receivers and the, and the running back that he has, like, he yeah. can do that now. Like, let RJ do what he do. Let Sid do what he do. Let Marcus Siskin yes. do what he do. Don't work too and, hard. And don't, yeah, like, let you guys do what they do. And that way you can you can, you can stay focused and, and, and on to the next play. And um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, honestly, about this game, period. I'm just, I'm just excited because I know from both sides that it's going to be, like, an exciting game. Yeah, um, let's, let's move on to the last thing and talk about them. Um, just keys to success in this game. What What do you think are some things they need to do to make sure that they win this game against the Steelers specifically? I'm, I'm not going to talk about offense, but I'll say defensively, they just cannot give up the big plays. Um, and if they do, not, not make – like, okay, it's going to be hard to stop Scorpio from scoring. But what I'm saying is the big plays – don't blow coverages. Um, don't give them to them. Don't give them the touchdowns. Let them work for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't, blow, don't blow. Don't blow coverages. You know, don't give it. Don't do a you know the miss. Like some. All right, you're gonna miss some tackles. But let's not have a lot of missed tackles. You know what I mean? Like, How about everybody flying the damn ball? Just be consistent. It, it's hard to miss that's tackles. A, that's a major thing, right? Got too many people that's walking the field thing, right? during the play. They have a lot of people who who. Who just walk in? Who like? Because for one, I need to see at least nine, ten people in the film after each play. I need to see nine people around the ball. I don't care if you think they made the play or or, or if it was whatever. I need you, at least if it's a run play. I need to see nine people get to the ball. That's the worst. This is thing. one of those games where 
where where you have to do things like this because you never know what's gonna happen. Exactly. But like if you if you if you can look at the film and say, you know what, I gave it my all. I ran to the ball every single play. But if you can go back and look on this film and say, man, I took that playoff. I took that playoff. Then yeah. you know, like you gonna you'll never forget that. Like yeah. this is the chance of you winning one game to go to the Maple Bowl. And if you look back and you say, you know what, I didn't give my team my all. I'm not dead tired. You need to be dead tired after this game if you play for the Wolverines defense. You need to be dead tired. Period. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm gonna talk about the offense uh, again, but from a different aspect. Of what I was just talking about. All right. So what what I'm gonna talk about with the offensive side is they need to for them to win this game is very simple to me. I mean, obviously Rojo has to do his thing, but in his thing has to be get Will Young the ball. It's just that simple. You said it earlier, and I'm just reiterating it. If Will Young gets the ball and is able to, we said this a few weeks ago, I think, in a, in a podcast, be that spark that this team needs on offense, they'll be fine because that's what he is. Like He is the life of that offense. He's the guy that no matter what, he's going to do something great. And if you can get him doing great things early in this game, it's going to be all downhill from there because – for the, this team they're playing against, stopping him is going to be their key. They can't they can't change how good their defensive backs are against the the Wolverines um, receivers. They can't change that. They have to live or die with what's going to happen. But what the Steelers are going to try to do is say, okay, we're not going to let this running back be like our running back. We're not going to let him be a, a variety of different ways for you to beat us. So they're going to try to take him away. If the Wolverines make sure he's involved in that offense, make sure he gets his, everybody else will benefit. And when everybody else benefits, this offense is unstoppable. I'm second that. Definitely second that. Will Will's got to be involved. He has to get some touches. He got to get in the end zone. You need him. You need him to the point where he where those safeties are are starting to hesitate to to get out in coverage because they don't know if he's going to get the ball or not, or if he is getting the ball on the, on the perimeter. He's making them pay for it. Uh, so I definitely agree with that. We just went over both the, the number two and number three seeds. Uh, for this game, it's going to be the Quobio Steelers. They're going to be playing at home against Helsinki Wolverines. Earlier in the year, they split the series. But the last game these two teams played was also in Quobio. Steelers beat the brakes off of the, the Wolverines 40-21. So now let's talk about what we think is going to happen in this game. You know, let's talk about this matchup and what do you think is going to happen between these two teams? I mean, pretty much you can make your pick is what we're doing here. But if you don't want to officially make it, we can wait. I think we're not going to release picks until Thursday or Friday. Well, I'm going to tell you what I – I'm not going to give a score or anything, but I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. I think – um, I do think it's going to be a back and forth game. I think it's going to be. I think both teams are going to uh, somewhat have turnovers um, because that because that happens when you're trying. Like when you're so amped up, uh, sometimes you try to do things that you don't like. You just have to just do your part. And I think sometimes in games like this, people try to do too much. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to trying yeah. they're trying to make that play, but sometimes it's like too much. And I think this is going to be a back-and-forth game. I, I do think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Um, I think it's going to be whoever defense plays the 
best in the fourth quarter. I, I don't know which side. Uh, it's hard to say which side it's going to be, but I do think the Wolverines are going to come out a different defense. I think they're going to come out hyped. Um, that's the one thing about having imports. They don't have – they. when you have so many American imports, they're used to games like this, so it's no butterflies. It's, it's these – you know, when we play, played in college, like going to an away game didn't necessarily mean away for us. Like we felt like this is our field everywhere we went. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. if you didn't, then something was wrong. So I think having that 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 aspect of having those type of imports, I think more than anything, they need to get the finished guys ready for the atmosphere. They need to get these guys confident. Let them know, hey, bad things are going to happen, but we got to make up for them. We got to stay in the game, and we got to help the offense get the ball. So I think it'll be a back and forth game for Corpio. They're going to have their fans. They're gonna be hyped up, but don't be too don't be overhyped because that's when you can get hurt. That's when you lose focus sometimes. So just both teams just need to play their game. Um, but I do think it's gonna be a back and forth. I, I think both games early in the season were lopsided each time, but I think this game is gonna be one of those one of those games. Like, let's, you're not gonna just beat us. Like we're gonna fight for this, and, and, and that's how I think the game is gonna go. I think this game is gonna go one or two ways. I'm just gonna give you the two scenarios. I ain't gonna make my pick. I ain't going to say which one of the scenarios I think it's going to be. But first scenario, Wolverines travel up there, and they do what they do when they travel. They get off the bus. They come out flat. Quopio rolls. Quopio at home. They play their regular home football where they don't lose, and they roll. 1,500 fans. Um, they playing drums. Eric Forstrom, loud as hell on the speaker, talking whatever trash he talk, and they roll. Quopio goes to Maple Bowl. That's one option. Second option, all right? Second option is the Wolverines get off that bus and they play ball. And when they play ball, for them to get off the bus and play ball, they have to score. They get they have to get the ball first. If the Steelers get the ball first, I don't like the way it's going to go. But the Wolverines get off the bus, <laughs> they get the ball first, they score. They create a turnover. They quiet the crowd. They get the Steelers thinking, okay, we're going to have to put up 85 to win this one. We ain't going to be able to just blow them out. If they get a situation like that, it goes down to third or fourth quarter. The Wolverines have the capabilities to get ahead by so much that the Steelers can't make a comeback. They get in that situation where they think they're going to come back, and then they can't. That's what the Wolverines have to do to get a win. Is They've got to get the Steelers to feel like, you know what? We just have to do this later in the game and not give them that opportunity. But, again, it's going to happen early. Early in the game, we're going to find out what kind of game it is, and it's going to it's going to end up one of those two ways. Either Steelers roll or the Wolverines jump out, and it's going to be a, a scoring match, but they outscore them. That's how I feel it's going to work out. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. That's it for us on AFF today. We're going to have another show tomorrow as well. So any last words before we get out of here? Hey, let's get to it. Let's get to it. That's all I got to <laughs> say. Like, it's time to get to it, man. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have the other playoff matchup. Um, so that's it. Um, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, support us by subscribing or following AFF on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Podbean. Ella Rose is eating my fingers. Whichever platform you use to listen, just show us some love and never forget T-I-F.
American football in Finland.